presented by the Citizens. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Brian's World Live podcast, uh, episode one fifty. Five, this is. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Brian James, author and radio host here on the East Coast, Baltimore, to be uh, specific. I ain't gonna tell you what street, I ain't gonna tell you what address, none of that. You just got all the information you need. <laughs> um, this episode is gonna, is, is, is gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to this one because I'm coming off of my first international trip, y'all. Um, I, got, I got one stamp on my passport and um, it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. I'm 30 years old. It's been a very big part of, um, you know, the, the things that I want to accomplish, you know, and um, it, it, it happened. I did it. I went out of the country. I went, went to Jamaica for my best friend Rick's wedding, Rick and Kelsey. But before anything, you know, I want to say congratulations to, uh, to the both of you. Um, and uh, just, you know, want to say thank you for um, sharing your love with uh, those that are around you, you know. It's very courageous, you know, just to see how you guys love each other um, unconditionally. And um, it's, it's just been a joy to witness uh, the growth of your relationship and the healing power of love. You know what I mean? And, and it was even even more dope to, to do it in Jamaica. You know what I mean? To, to stand, um, I don't even know what ocean that was or what sea that was or what body of water that was. I have no clue. Like, <laughs> but... I guess I shouldn't know, but um, it was even cooler to stand there um, holding back tears, might I add, uh, as you guys um, cemented your union. So um, from, you know, me, my loved ones to the both of you guys and to, and to your families, uh, I want to say congratulations and you guys look great and you guys did it up and uh, you did it as true G's do it. All right. Um, this episode, episode 155 is going to be five things that I learned uh, from my trip to Jamaica. This is the place where your dreams come true. It is Brian's world. Coming at you. All right. So before we get into those five things, I'm going to start here. Uh, One thing that I'm realizing with myself is that I'm not someone who's just existing. I can't. I can't just do it. There are people who could just be places. You know, whether it's internationally or whether it's just up the block. You know, every single. Um, building every single room, every single place that I step into, every single, I guess, country now. Not even trying to be one of them corny dudes who's just hype, who, like a hype beast about it. But, you know, no, no matter where I'm walking, I'm experiencing, I'm not just existing. So what does that mean? That meant that while I was in Jamaica, every single moment from um, not even leaving the airport, just standing in the airport and just, you know, people watching you know I'm a, I'm a very very talented people watcher if you will um but just spending hours people watching in the airport you know just looking at different um different different uh things that that the the jamaican culture does that that you know set them apart from you know what we do here in america or or, or what they do in in japan or you know just just noticing those different things i couldn't just be there like i i was there and i was calculating now it wasn't like i was calculating as if i'm trying to you know measure up or if if i'm doing you know work or anything but i literally was just looking around and just processing everything so um it's not necessarily one of the five things that i learned in jamaica but it is something that was cemented for me um you know in uh, along the journey of understanding who i am when i look in the mirror is that i'm a person that just you know I, I like to experience i don't like to just exist um so before anything you know i would say that you know 
whether you're going to a new place or whether you start a new job or whether you're doing just anything, anything that's different than what you were doing yesterday, try to experience it. Try to touch, you know, the things around you and see how it feels. Try to taste the things around you. Taste the air. Taste the horizon. Taste the water. You know what I mean? And, and see how it feels. Now, I don't mean go get a straw and like sit in the sea. Like I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but <laughs> legit, you know, just be in the moment and, and, and really experience things around you. And, you know, like um, they say in one of my favorite movies, Tron, like Flynn says, just knock on the sky, you know? So you knock on the sky, you can hear the universe talking to you and you can hear like the calming voice of the seas you know, if you listen, if you listen good enough, you know, you can kind of feel, um, you know, the, the, the joy and the love of, of the foreign land or of foreign lands or of just a new land or of new surroundings. If you touch and you allow yourself to be felt or you allow yourself to feel um, what's around you, as opposed to just going with the flow, as opposed to just, you know, let's do this, 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 this you know, just sometimes you guys just do your thing, you know. And really experience how you experience. So um, that's one thing that was cemented for me the minute I got to Jamaica, man. Um, and it was full of experiences. I mean, it was. It, I'm not going to lie to you. It was. It, the anxiety was a little high before I got there. You know, it was just. Um, you know, I, I had always heard about you know how strenuous the old customs thing is, but to go through it and to you know spend like an hour. Just, you know, trying to get through the line and people yelling and people getting taken out of the line. It was like a movie. Like people like this dude, he, I don't I don't know what he was thinking. You know, he just jumped out of line and started, you know, yelling and trying to I guess he was trying to get his family. But he seemed like he may have been like a, a professional international traveler, if you will. So I guess he felt like he was above, you know, the customs agents that were wait that were assisting us in Jamaica. And man, them ladies, the, the, the customs agents were all ladies. Them ladies put him in check, yo. And I was just sitting there like, yeah, nah, I'm chilling. I don't want no smoke with nothing. <laughs> but, it, but you know, um, it, it, it created a little bit of anxiety for me. But once, you know, once I got through it and, and made my way into uh, Ocho Rios, it was a, uh, it was a uh, good experience, if you will. So here are the five things that I learned in Jamaica. Number one is that uh, I do have somewhat of a work bug. And this is something that, we all need to monitor something we all need to look at because come to find out something I found out when I got here is that there it is possible to be addicted to working. It is very possible to be addicted to working. Now, for me personally, personally, the first couple of hours in Jamaica, I was just very jittery. I wasn't necessarily anxious, but I was as jittery as I can imagine a drug addict is when they're not getting a fix. Like it's literally like the way Pookie was scratching in, <laughs> in uh, it's not funny. The way Pookie was scratching in, I mean, it is a little bit just because how Chris Rock portrayed himself in that film. I just feel like he did a really good job, um, and he highlighted the comedic. Never mind. Anyways, um, but just like Pookie was scratching in New Jack City, that's kind of how I felt when I was sitting on the beach in those first couple of hours of being in Jamaica, or when you know we first checked into the room, and you know I'm just thinking about like man i gotta do this 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 this. So I, need, I need to be you know I, I i i don't deserve this time off i need to be you know actually on the grind out here i need to open my laptop i need to find somewhere to to plug up and yes that is a helicopter flying over the house welcome to baltimore 
Don't know where they're going, but what we do is we mind our business. There you go. So anyways, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Let's get back to the topic here. Um, I felt jittery. I felt like I had to, you know, be doing something. I felt like I had to be working, man, honestly speaking. And I'm not saying that I necessarily have an addiction to work because as I look at um, Healthline's um, layout of, you know, the symptoms and different things of an actual work addiction that needs addiction assistance or needs like 12-step programs, ETC. As I look at that, I'm saying that what I'm dealing with probably ain't that serious. Like it probably ain't, ain't on that level. Um, because, you know, before the weekend was over, I was able to, you know, actually unplug my mental um, and unplug my laptop charger <laughs> and really plug into, you know, what was going on around me. Um, but when I first got there, man, I was very jittery because I wanted to get some work done. And I just, you know, couldn't do it. I had my laptop open and all of that. And I did do some things on the phone. But, you know, in terms of like opening a laptop and coding and actually getting into it, man, like, you know, after that first night, it just didn't. It just didn't work out, you know, but it, it took a lot in me to slow down. And, you know, what we can take from this as, as people, as family, as, as, you know, the Brian's Row family, if you will, what we could take from this, man, is literally in a investigation into ourselves to take a look and really see if we are becoming addicted to work. Now, I think it's something that uh, for our generation, it's a little bit. A little bit tougher you know and i'm not making excuses but um with the way our generation is set up in terms of employment um in terms of uh work outside of work if you will in terms of um social media and 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 the uh maintenance the high maintenance that is necessary to uphold a social status if you will or just to uphold your position at work um you know, you kind of get penalized when you unplug. And that's just how I feel. And that's just, and it could be a derivative of the industry that I work in. You know, days when I'm not plugged in and days when I'm kind of to myself, you know, I pay for that in some way, shape or form because, you know, not I don't just get a paycheck, but, you know, some of the payoff is, is based on attention, if you will. So, um, in a way, I feel like we're kind of conditioned to 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 uh, create that high anxiety work environment that is very hard to unplug from. You know, just like if you go crazy with with a particular substance, doesn't necessarily have to be a drug. Well, you know, we'll, we'll say alcohol. Just like if you create an a, a pattern for your mind to rely on alcohol, um, it is written here on Healthline, which we're going to get into in a minute. That you know, you can do the same thing for work now. Um, you know, there, there, there are reasons why people do that. And, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, how people tend to work more to compensate for, um, you know, some sort of, whether it's depression or some sort of mental strain that you're facing, um, some sort of, uh, financial debacle that you're facing, um, or, you know, just, we work to avoid um, silence sometimes or we work to avoid stillness sometimes so just like you know a drug addict will run to a particular drug 
I'm sorry, I keep picking on drug addicts. It's just, I don't know, it's just addiction, drugs, I don't know. But just like a drug addict will, you know, use a particular drug to escape from the reality or, or, or escape from the demons of, of their reality, or just like an alcoholic would do the same thing to get away from certain things. It, we can do the same, like we can, we can have that same attachment to work to get us away from um, the emotional stress that we face in another area of our life or of our of our lives i should say or you know attach ourselves to work to um overcompensate for uh, a fallacy that we feel that we have within our personal lives or, or or a hole that we feel that we have in our soul we think we have to work to fill it some of us do you know and i, I will say that after my trip to jamaica i'm willing to believe that um I may fall into that number. Now, I don't think it's that serious to the point where I got to go knock on a door to an addiction center. But, um, you know, it it, 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 it did. I, like I said, I was very jittery. I was very uncomfortable not working, you know, to the point where other people were looking at me like, bro, you working? I'm like, I, yeah, I am building a website right now because, you know, this there was a particular site that I'm working on. Um, that I just couldn't figure it out <laughs> and come to find out, you know, by the time I get back from the trip, we ended up having to, um, me and the client ended up having to completely call an audible on the whole site, you know? So, you know, come to find out no matter how many hours I would have put in while I was on that trip, right? I still would have got back and had to get a new site because it just couldn't be figured out. It just, it was broken. It is what it is, you know? But when I first got there, that was the thing that was on my mind and, and, and not being able to address it made me jittery at first. But I don't know when I decided that I wasn't going to uh, immerse myself in it. But at some point between, you know, me first getting there and the next morning, I had decided that, yeah, I'm just going to call it, you know. So it's just something to look out for, you know, at work addiction. I know that we get addicted to um it ain't even the money for real we get addicted to literally the busyness literally the like i'm doing this 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 i got a full schedule i think we get i think we get addicted to that you know um and i think we can't have a tendency to rely on it in certain situations to uh bring us out of other situations if you will and it's just something to look out for so um as i told you i spent a, a good portion of the day today looking you know and researching you know this particular thing because it was, it was stuck on my mind and something that stuck out to me was from uh healthline.com where you know majority of what i just spoke on came from now here are some of the symptoms of a work addiction that you can kind of look into and uh I, I checked the box on a lot of these like putting in long hours at the office even when not needed which you know it's like for me personally it's like a, a a struggle with really understanding work that needs to get done and um work that feels more like busy work you know work that don't really get you nowhere it's funny that's um in this book i'm reading right now uh, called atomic habits and how um you know we, we spend a lot of time just <laughs> treading water just creating tasks that don't do nothing really it's just you know, it's like writing a list for a list for a list when, you know, just create just creating busy stuff, busy work, you know, um, and, and that creates those long hours at the office, even when they're not needed. Um, also, another symptom is, you know, losing sleep because you want to work on a project or finish a task. I definitely 
um, can check the box on that joint. Um, being obsessed with work-related, stru- uh, su- <laughs> being obsessed with the work-related success. So you want that promotion. That's all you're thinking about. You want that next step up the totem pole in your particular industry. That's all you're thinking about. So that it, it bleeds into your vacation time. <laughs> it bleeds into your relationship. It bleeds into uh, your, your 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 family and your your friends and all of that. And it bleeds into like a relationship with yourself as well. You know. Um, having intense fear of failure at work uh, another symptom is being paranoid about work-related performance you know what's your boss gonna think if you you know sitting on the beach and you ain't getting no work done you know um, those thoughts those nagging thoughts they, they could be symptoms of you know, a work addiction but even if they're even if they're not the full blown work addiction, I mean it's, it's unhealthy. You know, you're sitting there worried about your boss, hearing his or her voice. Um, disintegr- disintegrating personal relationships because of work definitely could check the box on that one. Uh, although I'm kind of on the fence on it because sometimes you have to do that. But I will save that for another day. Um, having a defensive attitude towards other about others about their work, uh, using work as a way to avoid relationships, working to cope. With feelings of guilt or depression, which is like what I mentioned earlier about how um, we use work as our drug to escape from some of the shadows that we uh, face in our everyday life. And then, um, you know, working to avoid dealing with crises like death, divorce, financial trouble, ETC. Um, So, those, you know, those are just symptoms of a uh, work addiction now. Um, Healthline went all the way to say that, yo, if you're experiencing any of those things or like a, a culmination of those things and you think you might have a work addiction and it's really affecting your life like that, then you do need to go knock on the door of, of some sort of addiction health service, you know. And you have my word in saying that if I'm not able to really get this thing, um, if I'm not able to really get this thing under control, then I'm going to be knocking on somebody's door <laughs> or trying to figure something out because, um, you know, that work bug, yo, I love to work. I really do. I love the success of work. Like, I really do. But I also love myself um, when I have the freedom of being able to experience the rest of life. You know, even beyond just a vacation. Sometimes it's just sitting in the house and just playing Xbox without worrying about work. I enjoy that. You know, a couple times that I have had that. I enjoy that, you know. Um, so, you know, just something to look out for. It's something that, that, I, uh, that I definitely learned in Jamaica. The second thing that I enjoyed and that I loved and that I learned in Jamaica, as you can see, I was trying to find the right word to be consistent here. Um, the Jamaican cuisine is just better. It's just better for you. Me and my roommate, well, let me back up. Me and my best friend Titus, I mention him all the time on the, on the episode, um, me on the uh, podcast. Um, you know, we was having this conversation because we found it weird that, you know, our breakfast, lunch, and dinner cuisine had shifted significantly from, you know, what we experienced in the States. You know, I'm, I'm known to devour some chicken wings and some fries, you know, and, and a nice big salad. Or I can eat a whole bag of kale and just be good to go, you know. Um, but what I found in, in eating, you know, in the States and comparing it to, to Jamaica, what we found, because me and Titus were, were discussing this, is how unfulfilling this food can be in the states you know and um 
what I mean when I say that is, that, you know, you can go to Chick Fil A. You know, nah, I love y'all. Like I'm, let me time out, time out. I ain't, I'm not trying to shade Chick Fil A. I don't want to, you know, I don't want y'all to think it's a bad relationship. I love you. Okay, I love you. I love how you cook chicken. So no matter how hungry I am after I spend eleven bucks at your place. I'm probably going to continue to do that. Now, some of you other restaurants like McDonald's and all that, eh, it's not going to work. <laughs> I'm, I'm good on you, you know. Um, but no, but, but we, we, we were just discussing about how you can do that, how you can spend 12 or $13 at, at a particular fast food restaurant and then walk away hungry as hell. Like it just, it, it doesn't add up, you know. Um, but see, in Jamaica, like we, you know, had, had, uh, Jamaican fruit for for breakfast, like the the French toast was bomb. It was just banging. It was good to go. Um, you know, uh, the hash browns was fire. Where they had like this this natural uh, the natural juices. It wasn't like the juice that comes in the in a carton or in the container that you get. You know, from aisle twelve at at, at Safeway. You know, it, it was like freshly squeezed pulp at the bottom juice and you know some of the juices were uh had vegetable mix in it you know and some of them were just straight fruit it was a fruit punch juice that was banging didn't taste like dumb sugary you know it was good to go and we spent the rest of the day after that like not being super hungry but we felt energized we felt like you know and, and i guess part of it could be the actual excitement of legit being thousands of miles away from home so i guess you know we'll keep that into um we'll keep that into uh i don't know the word keep that into effect i guess i don't know <laughs> um but we'll keep that in mind we'll put that we'll say that we'll keep that in mind i'm sorry it's late um but you know we literally were okay eating breakfast and then you know snacking a couple of hours later and then eating another meal after that you know and we found it weird until i read this article today <laughs> um who's the article by who's the article by islandspot.com now this is what i really liked um let's start with the meat the differences in the seasoning for real so here in the states we season the hell out of it with a bunch of sodium based things you know just salt based things and yeah, it tastes good, but I mean, it ain't really too good for you, you know, um, or for us, I should say, because I'm notorious for <laughs> taking the oodles and noodles packet and eating that joint. <laughs> like, it tastes good. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. And and you know it tastes good. That's what makes the flavor. Um, but, you know, at what cost? You see what I'm saying? So the difference is, according to islandspot.com, um, those smoked and grilled meats, which first of all is a lot different than fried, by the way, but those smoked and grilled meats that they that they cook with, they use like natural spices, you know. So the natural spices don't have all of those calories and the things that add up to create the diseases that we face here in the States. You know, it's just a different type of food. It's just a different type of flavor and different type of seasoning. Like even when we when we landed and we got picked up by the shuttle, um, ended up stopping off at some place which I don't know the name of it. I completely forgot. I was so excited. I, don't, I have no clue. <laughs> but we got um, jerk chicken and rice and peas, and you know it it like it tasted bomb as hell. 
and it didn't weigh me down. You know, I didn't feel sluggish. I didn't feel like, um, you know, any type of congestion, if you will. I felt clear. I felt good to go. You know, we both did. But it all made sense because I started to think about it on the plane back um, headed to New York. I was literally thinking like, you know, I wonder if the seasonings have anything to do with it. Because in America, we, I mean, we can, we can do some wild stuff with some food just for some flavor. Like, I'm sure you've seen all these hot Cheeto stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a particular quote unquote Mexican fast food restaurant just, you know, make their meat from powder and hot water. That, I mean, that's. I mean, like, like Jackie Chan said in Rush Hour, that's bad for you. <laughs> it has to be, you know. And and I spent, a, I did spend a lot of time thinking about that in Jamaica. With every bite that I took, and every single meal, every cuisine that we had, I just kept saying, "This is so different." And it was beyond taste. It was more about feeling. And it was, it was beyond the feeling of the food. It was more about the feeling after you ate the food. If that makes sense. You know, the, the, like I said, the breakfast was good, lunch was good, dinner was good, drinks were good. You know, even the rum, it, it had a natural taste to it. It didn't, you know, it didn't it didn't force me into a angry, aggressive hangover the next day. I wasn't hungover at all in Jamaica, and I drank a lot. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Sorry, pastor. I drank a lot. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hungover at all. Whereas, you know, back at home, I could two shots, bust it. I'm out. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm out, and tomorrow morning is canceled. You know what I mean? So, you know, easily that was the second thing that I learned in Jamaica was um, how different the cuisine is and just how good it feels. The third thing that I learned that kind of was cemented was the uh, was good anxiety. There is good anxiety out there. And that is something else that, um, you know, was kind of introduced to me um, in that book, Atomic Habits, which let me get it because I want to make sure I shout out the art, the author here, James Clear. All right. James Clear is, num is a number one New York Times bestseller. Uh, one of my neos put me onto it in the uh, group chat. It's been, been a decent book, you know, just reading yeah, reading through it, taking my time and whatnot. But what um, James Clear mentioned was the idea of good anxiety and how sometimes when you're feeling that anxiety, it's not necessarily uh, anything in particular that's like, um, like it's not no pain. It's not fear. Sometimes it's excitement, you know, and I had to realize that when I got to like minute number 57 in the customs line. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I am a little bit on edge right now. I mean, I'm in a new place, you know, a new, a, a super new place, by the way. This isn't like a new spot in Maryland. This this is not even a new state in America. This is a completely new country, you know, and I had to take my time. I would say it happened probably when I got my bags. Yeah, so it's probably like 50 something mark where I got my bags. And I was just thinking like, man, you know what? The reason you on edge is because you are actually excited to be here. You are actually excited to be in this new moment, something very new for you. Um, 
you're excited to have well I didn't have my passport stamped yet but I knew somebody was going to do it so, so you're excited to just have all of that you know and something about that realization just switched the anxiety from an aggressive like an, an aggressive staring at the clock to a more like enjoy enjoyment of staring at the clock it's more like yeah I can't wait like yeah let's get it let's get it let's get it um and so whether you are preparing to hit the stage for a particular speaking event whether you've got to give a presentation at work um whether you have to uh i don't know take a trip to a place that you've never gone before don't confuse the anxiety that you feel don't confuse that with excitement because from the surface they do look the same and honestly speaking physically and neurologically they do feel the same as well like you you will get jitters before big moments it's just it's what it is you know got an event coming up with the radio station first time doing something like this with them even though i've been working there for four years but that's a different conversation i don't want to get into it um i mean i do but not right now but um that's coming up in a couple of weeks and i'm gonna be honest with you i am a little bit jittery about it i do feel some bit of anxiety about it but when i really stop and realize i'm just excited man i'm excited to get on camera i'm excited to do this for the station i'm excited to like address the men of the city you know like like i'm excited about it but from the surface i could look at it and say i'm just anxious but without you know describing the anxiety without addressing and 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 fully um understanding the anxiety you know you'll never get to see that you really are just excited and then if we don't do that we piss away opportunities we piss away moments we let things cripple us we let things fold us i mean who's to say that if i never stopped when i was getting my bags if i never stopped and said you know this isn't like anxiety this is just excitement if I never stopped to do that, you know, who's to say like what would happen after that? You know, especially as someone who, I mean, for lack of better words, someone who takes anxiety medicine and, you know, d deals with that on a psychological level, like literally sitting with a psychologist. I mean, who's to say that, you know, I wouldn't have been minutes away from an anxiety attack in a foreign land. I mean, you know, it's all it's just all one big I'm just really seeing it's just one big conversation with yourself like everybody got so many things to say about people who talk to themselves but man you got to do it <laughs> you got to do it it's just it's just like the Babadook you yeah I mean it's gonna be there you might as well talk to it and 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 learn how to treat it so yeah I did have a conversation with myself as I was getting my bag in customs and I did tell myself you know you're not necessarily anxious you're excited. You're excited about being in a new place. So, you know, really, really investigate that anxiety. The fourth thing I learned uh, while in Jamaica, speaking of anxiety, we are anxious Americans. Why are we rushing to do everything? I can answer that. Actually, I did answer that on the trip. I forgot who I was talking to, but somebody asked me that. Um, I personally think that it, it is the result of what I call excessive capitalism. 
that is the current stage of society that you know we're in right now and i think that we reached the excessive level somewhere in the 2010s like maybe like literally 2010 where you know the technology is advancing um where business itself is advancing on the on, like hinged on the idea that technology has expanded the world i mean we all can do business with somebody in london tonight if we wanted to just like that <laughs> And we can hop on Zoom and, and be there with them. You know what I mean? Um, but excessive capitalism could be coined as something completely different. Excessive competitiveness. Excessive competitiveness. It's always me versus them. Versus them. Versus them. It's always you versus them. Because the early bird gets the worm, right? You know? Because the person who plays the game the best is the one who walks away with the contract or walks away with the, the, the job or the promotion. That's kind of like the world, well not the world, the country that we created. <clears throat> and uh, as the days turn and as the world turns, you know, it only gets worse for us. Because we're just in constant competition. I don't have a solution to that. I really, I mean, I really don't. I mean, I feel like that's slightly above my pay grade. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have a solution to that, man. Because if you slow down, you know, I mean, you know what happens when you slow down in America, you know. But I will say this: that in Jamaica, I learned, man, that like some things just aren't that important, and a lot of things that create anxiety which is the word of the night for whatever reason um a lot of things that create the anxiety in us you know are literally stemming from our culture and stemming from um how we were raised and how we are raised and how competitive our country is you know but in actuality a lot of those things that we you know hold near and dear to our hearts really ain't that important you know, I just feel like when I was in Jamaica, one of the things that was very important to them and was the most important thing is a four letter word that I'm staring at in this painting on the wall in my studio. And that's love. You know, every I mean, that could be because a lot of them were working, but it was just too natural. It was just too natural for me to believe that they were faking while they were at work. People at the airport showing love. The people at the, well, time out. Customs wasn't showing love, but I feel like they can't do that. Like, I feel like when you get the job at customs, they're like, hey man, no love. <laughs> like, you don't got no option with them. But everybody else, it was just all about love. Everybody was very warm. Just, just to match the climate. Everybody was warm. The dry bus driver was cool, you know. The people slightly outside of the resort were cool. People around the resort were cool. The guy we, you know, bought the sugar cane from was cool. You know, it wasn't really like anxious. And, and really, to put it into perspective and and to like um, really display the contrast, if you will, you know, I flew back to New York City. 
And I, the minute I got off the plane, it was just aggressive. Well, nobody talking to nobody. Everybody was bumping into everybody. Like, it was just aggressive. <laughs> like, dude followed me through Penn Station asking for change. And I had to tell bro, like, yo, I don't have anything on me. You know? And he moved away from me. Then he went to somebody else. And the dude he was talking to completely ignored him. So they were about to fight. And I mean, all of this happened within like 20 minutes of me being in New York. And I love New York. I love New York. Yeah. I mean, Tiffany's cool too. Tiffany Pollard. I do love that New York as well. But the the city, New York, I love it, man. But I wonder what like that, that kind of stuff does for us. It just keeps us high strong, you know? Like when, when does everybody just relax a little bit, you know? And I guess this is kind of like a derivative of... The first thing that I learned in Jamaica, but um, yeah, I just it just the trip really just highlighted for me how um, how anxious we are as Americans and how we're in a rush to go nowhere. And then the last thing that I learned in Jamaica is kind of an attachment to the fourth thing. <laughs> Love hasn't lost its luster, man. Now, when I say that, it ain't just about. The love that the, that the Jamaicans were showing us, but it was more so about the love that was on display with the uh, bride and the groom, um, Rick and Kelsey. You know, it was just lovey-dovey, fun type of stuff, twenty-four-seven. You know, and what I really enjoyed was it stormed. Literally, the minute the groomsmen walked out, it stormed. Obviously, the wedding was outside. You're not gonna go to Jamaica and get married in the gym <laughs> doesn't no 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 we want the water <laughs> so you know it, it stormed as the groomsmen walked out and you know from the minute you know it started storming you know until the ceremony you know finally began like everybody's just walking by just showing love just saying you know it's a good a good sign when that happens you know it's like you know, the storms are good like storms on your wedding day are good you know and, you know, nobody's worried about the rain. Nobody's tripping. Nobody's upset. You know, everybody is just believing in love. And if I could go back, I would love, no pun intended, to really speak to um, some of the, the locals about, you know, their view of love. I want to hear about your wife. I want to hear about your husband. I want to hear about, you know, the love that you guys have cultivated together and the families that you guys have built um, because I would not be surprised if, you know, the value of love is through the roof in Jamaica, you know, like those people weren't going to um, allow, you know, the storm or, or anything else to hinder the union, to hinder the moment of marriage to hinder the idea of love. They just weren't going to allow that. You know, like even, cause I guess, honestly, I don't know. Like me, me and Titus were just kind of speculating about the, the wristbands, but we had wristbands on. I think everybody in the resort has one. And I think for whatever reason, they were able to tell what, you know, you know, whether we were there for a wedding or not by the wristband color. But, you know, just walking around, like people just saying, oh, you're here for the wedding? Yeah, man, it's going to be beautiful, man. I wanna, I'm going to walk by and da-da-da. And, 
you know, um, even when we were practicing the wedding and then we walked to like the dinner afterwards, everybody's just, you know, looking and, and uh, kind of, you know, just giving you those eyes. It's like, yeah, that's tight. <laughs> yeah. You know, congratulations type thing. Or, you know, yeah, like that's good. That's what I like to see. That's the type of vibe that you got, you know, and, and it just kind of pointed me in the direction of like an understanding that love really hasn't lost its luster. You know, I've talked a lot of trash about our generation and marriage and commitment and, you know, all types of situationship uh, ideals that we allow to flood our um, our loves um, that we allow to f- flood our relationships like. I talk a lot of trash about that, you know, but after this weekend, I do have to take some of that back and say that, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Love is still, still, still beautiful. And though it has a few scars, I won't name any names because that wouldn't be polite if I did that. (laughs) But though love does have a few scars, um, it's still beautiful, you know, and it's still something that's beautiful to witness. So, um, like I said, from, you know, me to you, from my family to yours, to your new big family, <laughs> uh, congratulations to the bride and the groom, Rick and Kelsey. Um, yeah, I, what I want to, what I'm going to do is actually on the show notes, I'll post, uh, that Healthline article and I'll post that Island Spot article as well. If you just want to read about, you know, some of those things, but, Again, hey, Jamaica, it happened, okay? I was nervous about it for the last year or so um, for separate reasons, (laughs) but uh, it happened, you know, and I'm thankful that it did, and um, that's what I learned on my trip to Jamaica. Holla at me on Instagram and Twitter at BJamesLive. Let me know if you've been to to the Jamaican um, islands, if you will, and, and let me know if you had those same experiences, man. Let me know what you think, and then also, I I posted it on my story on Instagram. I just wasn't confident in the pictures because I, I for whatever reason only had like five pictures that I took all weekend. Um, so if you want IG only, man, you kind of out of luck. If you want to see some pictures, I'm sorry, it just is what it is. But if you're on Twitter, you are in luck. Congratulations. Go to B James Live <laughs> and look at uh, some of my. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be like the sixth or seventh tweet down from the from the top just you know you can see some pictures uh from this past weekend hey as always if you need me for anything just holler at me on all socials but make sure you send me an email as well at show at gmail.com god bless I'm coming to see you. And y'all don't want no problems. It's Brian's World Live. You ain't figured it out yet.